Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, we got, we got, uh, oh, Ellis Pretlow. She is a local lawyer, and she just went through the 101, hi guys, Um, and she just recently went through the 101 improv class. Yeah, you can take classes here, by the way, of um, improv. It's, you, it's all made up on the spot, kind of like this. Um, so please welcome her, welcome her to the stage with big applause. Yeah! So my story that goes kind of with the awkward theme has to do with one of my favorite places on earth, which is my summer camp. Um, I grew up like a lot of waspy white chicks going to summer camp, and it was an all-girls summer camp, about 100 girls, same girls every summer, six weeks, you lived there, it was your life, it was so wonderful. I went from the time I was eight until actually the summer before I started law school. So super dedicated, loved it. Um, It was really great. But I had this one summer that was horrible and awkward and wonderful, rolled all into one. So when I was 13, I was getting ready for camp that year, and I got a letter in the mail from camp saying, you have been selected to be a bloom. So at camp, we had kind of a mentoring program called Buds and Blooms. So the Buds were the tiny little cute campers who had no idea what was going on, and the Blooms were the older girls giving, you know, love and mentorship and guidance to these cute, adorable little girls. So I was really excited because when you got involved in the Bloom program, they only asked certain girls. You know, it wasn't everyone that got to do it. And I was so, I felt really honored. I wrote a letter to my bud ahead of time. It was great. So I get to camp the first day and I made my parents go really early so that we could get there. I could choose my bunk, make it up, and then I could go wait for my bud to get there like a good bloom. So I went, made up my bunk, and I went to We Women, which was the name of the littlest girl's cabin. So everyone was there in We Women except for my bud, whose name was Martha Peasley. So I go and sit on Martha Peasley's bunk. I'm waiting for her. And uh, a car pulls up. Big Tahoe, packed to the gill with all this camping gear, flowered comforters, electronic fans. I mean, everything you could ever imagine. So I go out to greet her. And like a bat out of hell, this girl jumps out of the car. She's about this tall, has these big buck teeth. And they are kind of chompy you know, and at the same time look like they're fighting some type of battle in her mouth that only braces will fix later down the road. So she comes flying out of the car, and she immediately starts asking me questions. Who are you? Are you my bloom? How do I get to the waterfront? Can I cannonball into the river? I mean, just constant questions right in your face. No sense of personal space, just ridiculous, out-of-control little ball of energy. So at first I thought this was kind of cute, you know, she liked me, she wanted to be around me, but quickly it became very old. Every time I sat down, she was somehow there on my lap waiting for me to ask me more questions, question after question after question. 
So finally, it got to be a lot for me to handle. I was, you know, just really strung out by the whole situation. I was a teenager. I was trying to do teenage things. I was feeling like the whole bloom role was becoming a huge burden. So we were sitting around one day, and in Virginia, in the mountain in the summer, there are lots of gnats everywhere. So they fly all around your face, they get in your eyes and caught up in your eyelashes, they come up in your nose, they're super annoying. So we're sitting there one day, and they're all buzzing around us, and the older campers have this trick, where if you hold up your hand, the gnats are drawn to your hand because it's the highest place on your body instead of your face. So we're sitting around one day... And someone had nicknamed Martha Peasley the gnat because she was pretty annoying and kind of also liked to get up in my fucking face. So I was sitting down, and we're all kind of sitting in a circle, and she comes bounding up behind me and jumps on my shoulders and is talking to me and yada, yada, yada. So I just gently raised up my hand and waited for my gnat to fly up and away and away out of my face. So that is how the nickname Nat stuck. And whenever she would come up in a group of people, all the older campers would raise up their hands, and she had no idea why. Oh, poor Martha Paisley, no. So so later that um, camping season, it was Capture the Flag Night. And Martha Paisley was still there. She was still doing her annoying ways. I kind of learned to deal with her a little bit, but she was there in the background buzzing, Nat-like, right near my ear all the time. So we were playing Capture the Flag, and as part of the Buds and Blooms programs, you do everything with your bud. If there are teams, you're on the team with your bud. So there was Martha Peasley standing right next to me. And we were on the bandanas team. So I kind of have two themes or two modes for Capture the Flag. Most of the time, I'm the girl sitting, guarding the flag, um, picking grass, you know, chatting with my friends, not really involved in the game. But for some reason this night, I decided to go full-on war mode, capture the flag, you know, balls to the wall. So I was dressed in black shorts, a black tank top, had my bandana around my head, super hardcore. Martha Peasley beside me, exact same outfit, exact same bandana. So I'm like, look, Martha, I'm going to make a run for it. And you, you can't do that. You know, you're going to get knocked over or something. You're tiny. Get out of here. I think I was making a run for it solely so I could get away from her, but that's just a theory I have. So I am running across the line. I can see the flag in sight, and I hit a gravel road, and my foot slips out from under me, and I go diving into this gravel road. So you know that moment when you get really hurt, and you're trying to decide if you're going to cry, and everything goes kind of quiet, and you're just sitting there. There's like a half a second. Before that half a second can even happen, I hear, is she okay? Is she going to die? Is there a lot of blood? Is there dirt in the blood? Why is her blood looking black? Is there gravel? Are you going to have to pick that out? Is she going to have to go to the hospital? I was like, oh my God, Martha Peasley, what are you doing here? So needless to say, I had a big wound on the side of my um, leg where the gravel had literally ripped my skin off. It was pretty. Um, so they had to pick all the gravel out, wrap it up. It was kind of like an open flesh wound situation. So it became a really big pain in my neck because I couldn't go in the river, which is where we bathed and swam. So that became an issue. Um, it worried me because they were concerned about bacteria in the river, yet we were usually allowed to swim there. So I don't know why the flesh wound was presenting that. 
Um, I couldn't play on the tennis courts because we had clay tennis courts and the little bits of clay would stick to the wound. Yeah, it's a pretty sight. So it just became awful. Like it was this dent on my summer. I couldn't do what I wanted to do. So in the theme of everything Martha Peasley, I named my flesh wound Martha Peasley. So after Martha Peasley had gone and, you know, I went home for the summer, the flesh wound continued. You know, it was not going to heal in a very quick manner. So it became Martha Peasley in my everyday life. You know, I went back to school as a teenager. Everyone was like, wow, look at that flesh wound. I was like, this is Martha Peasley. Let me tell you how it happened. So it is still, there's still a scar on my leg to this day that I refer to as Martha Peasley. And so she is forever ingrained into my brain, no matter how hard I want to forget her. She's there every time I shave my legs. She's there. So flash forward about nine years. And I am in my fourth year of school at UVA. And I was in a sorority at Virginia. And as part of a sorority, you have to rush or recruit new members. So the final round of rush is this very serious kind of ceremony called prefs. So at UVA, all the girls dress up in black cocktail dresses. It's kind of somber. Weirdly thinking about it, it's like a funeral, but it's not. And um, so, but anyway, very quiet, somber. And as part of this, our, my, I should tell you a little bit about my sorority. So my sorority was good-ish. Um, a lot of girls who liked to party, which is very great. But we needed some girls who were smart, who were community involved, to really make us one of the best sororities. So we were in this constant struggle of trying to find good girls who liked to party, but were also smart and community-driven and volunteers. So our recruitment chair got up the night of press and made this big speech about all the things we needed to find in these girls. So after the speech, my recruitment chair came up to me and said, Ellis, we have something really important for you. We need you to be paired up with this very specific girl. She is kind. She is smart. She is really involved in her community. Um, she's beautiful. And most importantly, all of her friends will go in whatever sorority she is going into. This is integral to our recruitment process. It is super important. So I was like, okay, whatever. I was a fourth year. I was pretty much more concerned about where I was going to go to get a drink after the ceremony than I was about the ceremony itself. Um, and I had had a couple mimosas that morning. Um, so I was like, all right, yeah, girl, I got it. No problem. So I get matched up with this girl. I see her. She is gorgeous. Long brown hair, soft-spoken, humble, just a wonderful person in my, you know, five-minute conversation with her. And so we get to the point in the ceremony where you have to introduce the girl that you've been paired with. So we're walking up, and it comes to me, we all wear name tags with our first names on them, but I realized that I never asked the girl what her last name was to be able to introduce her. So we're going through the line, and I say, right before we're about to get introduced, I'm sorry, I did not catch your full name. Do you mind reminding me of it before we step up? And she said, yes, it's Martha Peasley. (laughs) So at that point, I said, holy shit, you're the gnat. (laughs) And she was very confused. And the next two minutes of my life were an awkward explanation of why I called her the gnat. 
an illustration of my flesh wound that had been named after her. And needless to say, Martha Peasley did not join my sorority. If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, plenty of ways to pitch your story, and our podcast featuring storytellers from previous shows. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live. <laughs>